0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl, Sandra, hanging out in a blizzard and ready to talk about an NWSL Draft recap with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scott Ripley, a.k.a. Scam Originator. How you doing tonight, girl? I'm good. It's a cozy Friday night. Yeah, it turns out there's a snow warning Snowstorm warning for many places, including us. And uh I don't know if you had any time today to quote unquote get supplies, but I definitely made a run because <laughs> I was like, I better listen to the hype. If there's any hype that I should listen to, it's probably snow hype. So I went out and I tried to go get some quick supplies and it took forever to literally just get like a few things, like what I considered what like essentials. Yeah. And li- like getting literally like some eggs and tortillas and like chorizo and like a bottle of tequila and, that- and some Valentina sauce. And yeah. like that, like five things took like an hour yeah. for that to happen. So people are definitely hyped about <laughs> Tosno. Yeah, they've been
1: warned. Uh, I did a very poor job of getting any food for myself, but I did go buy whiskey. So I think yeah, I'll probably this- be okay.
0: Tonight's episode. And draft recap is brought to you by dark liquor <laughs> <laughs> and like <laughs> clogged sinuses. <laughs> yeah. Like that. what works. It's funny. Cause it's like, I ended up getting some tequila. Cause it's like, Oh, it's, it's winter. I like, got to stay cozy, but I'm like, I bought this nice tequila and I'm like, no, I'm just gonna have some of this whiskey. myself. <laughs> uh, but Everybody, if you're in Chicago, if you're listening to this and you're in Chicago, or if you're in the path of this supposed sto- like snowstorm, I hope you're in good company, like, enjoying this podcast, uh, stay warm and be safe. And if you didn't go get supplies, well, that sucks, because it's probably going to take you a super long time. Yeah, run
1: to that corner <laughs> store yeah. immediately.
0: As soon as you can. Visit your local, friendly neighborhood bodega or tienda or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to talk about the draft. And, uh... A lot of good stuff coming out of this NWSL draft, and we're going to keep it just Chicago because that's what you five listen, five loyal listeners come to listen to us for is talk about that good Chicago content, and we're going to talk a little bit about the draft uh, sort of being in Chicago and like what a cool event it was and just sort of the draft picks and kind of some of the news that led up to draft day because when we last left you guys in our previous episode it was a bit of a draft preview and we talked a lot about the chicago red stars and their potential picks a lot about uh tierna davidson a lot about you know hypothetical stuff if you were a gm and what would you like the red stars to do etc etc and uh tierna davidson was one of those names that popped up a lot and katie johnson was actually somebody that we spoke about uh, you know on that last episode and uh on Wednesday, the day before the NWSL draft, the Chicago Red Stars and NWSL announced uh, you know, the trade where Sky Blue and Chicago traded for Katie Johnson to become a Red Star. And Chicago went ahead and traded away a couple of draft picks, that sixth, uh, number six pick overall in the 2019 draft, as well as a future uh, second round pick in 2020 and Katie Johnson officially became a red star. And it was a little bit crazy how that sort of happened as kind maybe kind of as quickly as it did or not as quickly as it did. I guess i say maybe kind of quickly as it did because uh, it wasn't really put out there in sort of the soccer community universe until that kind of week or so leading up to the draft where it was supposedly that, that Johnson was looking for playing options outside of sky blue. And that's when people with opinions like us, uh, went ahead and, and talked about those kind of things. But how did it like feel what your initial reaction, Claire, sort of seeing that signing for the red stars or that trade for somebody like Johnson to be in Chicago. Now, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. And obviously something that we all wanted for
1: some time. Um, no, I did. It is interesting, though, how kind of the women's soccer sort of chain of whatever you want to call it, news and opinions kind of rolls through. So you had um, some folks at the Equalizer break that Katie Johnson was looking at England. Um, when we all found that out, I think at least certainly you, me and, and John Halloran all expressed that we all kind of always wish you could make it to Chicago. Um and then, you know, Chicago decided, hey, we have we have all these picks in the first round. We were talking about this. We never really thought that Chicago was going to use all of those. Some of those were picks that they really wanted, and some of those were leverage for something else. And, and I don't know exactly how the chain of events worked, whether or not um, them knowing that Katie Johnson was looking in England triggered them making a move, or if they were already kind of looking. Um, but... Um, It turned out great and and it definitely (laughs) kind of spoke to, you know, I always feel like Chicago goes into a draft with maybe two or three different plans that they like. And then depending on what everyone else is doing, they kind of trigger those different scenarios in a way that works best for them. And so this one was Katie Johnson wants out of Sky Blue. She'd be a great asset to the team. Uh, What can we, you know, what can we kind of let go of? even though I'm sure they could have used that, you know, that six pick, but they were, you know, they were like, okay, what can we let go of to get her because she directly fills a need and immediately. So, um, I thought it was great. I loved it. I thought it was all cool. I I do think it's really fun sometimes how the dominoes can kind of fall in the
0: the NWSL. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, when they made the announcement for Katie Johnson, we had something go out, uh, right away for, for the announcement of the the trade, just because, you know, I felt like it was sort of like you said, it it was really cool to just sort of see something like that kind of happening and all the like wheels in motion, like sort of right in front of you. And then the announcement, like you said, it fit some of these needs, just sort of looking at this year specifically coming up where I think I'd mentioned in one of my, like, opinions where I was just kind of like well you know it'd be really kind of cool if Chicago somehow made a play for Katie Johnson you know to sort of have another scoring option considering Sam Kerr is going to be you know involved in the World Cup and you know Mexico unfortunately didn't qualify and she's somebody who has experience doing that and you know what could somebody like Katie Johnson maybe look like on a team like Chicago, you know, in that kind of environment, you know, versus the season that she had with Sky Blue and some of the stuff that we have, you know, uh, read about and heard about for for that club. So I thought it was great. And I thought, um, you know, as far as quote-unquote what they gave up wasn't uh, something too drastic. And it felt like a very much like a Rory Dame Chicago type of uh, trade because once that Katie <laughs> Katie Johnson trade was – um announced there was an additional trade that was announced about between Washington Spirit and Chicago for that seventh round pick or that seventh overall pick in the first round so Chicago going and heading into draft day initially had those three picks number one and then six and seven and then once draft day came around they had a Katie Johnson already locked up and then they had traded away the sixth pick and the seventh pick um so it very much felt like a Chicago Rory game sort of type type trade where looking at that, you thought, yeah, those those are too many picks for the red stars in the first round. Like those are going to go away some type of way. And, and they did. And they ended up, I think really locking up a, a good player with a lot of potential. And uh, so addressing some needs there and still also looking ahead to the future and, and getting additional picks for, for 2020.
1: Right. And I mean, it's no secret that um, 2020 is a stronger draft class than 2019 Um, specifically also, um, if you look at, if you look at what Chicago did this year and what Chicago has done in the past and and think about needs, um, 2019 was a very defender heavy draft, uh, in Chicago, despite, you know, what they decided to do with the number one pick, um, well, and even what they did with their later picks, they are, they're really set for defensive, for defensive depth right now. Um, and then next year there are some actual just immediate game changers outside of the number one pick uh, that I think they probably already have their eye on. So um, I'm sure in part of their goals for this year, uh, Chicago wanted to set themselves up for next year because that draft is going to be stacked and likely, well, not likely, the possibility of um, expansion, which changes kind of the tenor of the draft anyway. So, I, it makes sense for Chicago to hoard <laughs> as much, if to, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, leverage for next year. So then again,
0: they can have multiple plans yeah. and
1: multiple scenarios and do what works best for them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it it just we're going to actually talk about the the draft now specifically in terms of what they did with that first pick and how their draft looked. Yeah, overall. So come come Thursday now it rolls around. It's officially uh, draft day. It was hosted in Chicago at the uh, United Soccer Coaches uh, Convention over at McCormick Place. And uh, I just want to like tip my hat really quickly just to the event as a whole. I thought it was an amazing draft. Uh, just the optics of it, you know, pardon my language, but it just looked really fucking cool. Uh, just sort of the vibe that they had going on there. And as the NWSL enters its seventh season, it's just crazy to sort of look at what was going on in Chicago during that draft day versus the other drafts that had taken place in the previous years, like how far they've come, uh, you know, from 2013. So I thought uh, the event as a whole was really, really cool and really awesome to sort of be a part of. And seeing the, the fan involvement um, that took place, and, you know, shout out to sh- to supporters of group, Chicago Local 134, because I know they had been putting in a lot of work as far as uh, helping to – Set that tone and create that environment. Yeah, know. they were awesome. Yeah, they like came, they rolled deep, man. I was like, wow, squat up for real. So it was really cool to, to see all that. And uh, I, I really think it brought another sort of, you know, element to the draft. And I think you could sort of see it. For some of the players who were there, uh, some of the, the eligible, you know, draftees who were there, who ended up getting their name called and sort of seeing their reaction to all that kind of stuff was, was really kind of cool. So um, Chicago ended up kicking things off um, in that first round after a lengthy uh, opening speech by now president, and <laughs> president Amanda Duffy. Uh, she told Chicago that they were on the clock and they uh, were very nice and they used the majority of that time <laughs> before they put in their pick and announced uh, that it was Tina Davidson that they took with that number one pick. And Tina Davidson uh, had a very nice video message <laughs> ready to go for draft day uh live from i guess not live but i guess recorded from uh, i guess at the time they were in portugal for camp um and she shouted out chicago saying that it was her kind of town and uh you know claire i know you were there with us for hot time to sort of take all that in and get a get a recap in for us so i really appreciated your dedication to you know, pulling up your Google Docs document that moment and having <laughs> Turner <Tira laughs> Davidson question mark and immediately changing it to a very enthusiastic exclamation point. So, you know, what was your sort of reaction after seeing them put in that pick, officially taking somebody like Davidson, and, you know, after seeing that sort of pre-recorded message, you know, from a player like her, uh, what is your sort of general, like, consensus of Turner Davidson and, and that pick and what she might bring to the Red Stars? Uh,
1: a couple of things. Uh, one being, especially when you think about the video message, um, I definitely just uh thought, wow, she's uh, she's just a kid. Um, she definitely <laughs> just like, yeah, she she's just yeah. a kid. Um, w- but it's cool. Um, and I would say that all indication, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into maybe the U.S. soccer of it all, but um, I like the fact that um, she made the leap knowing that she'd go to Chicago. Um, I think that's cool. I mean, it means that, you know, Chicago's reputation um, amongst the player pool is is strong as well. It should be, but like, that's such a nice thing uh, for, you know, the club that you cover. Um, and I believe Rory and I also think that um, though she is young She is someone that you can really center a team around, theoretically, for a very long time. So, um, yeah, having her come through the draft, I think, was unique, not only in that it had never been done before, but also who knows what the draft is going to even look like, you know, five years from now. And uh, I'm sure that she, for a lot of reasons, is excited to jump in and get started. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I like my emotional reaction was, oh
0: man, she's a child. <laughs> no, dude, I'm right there with you. I think that I think part of that that video recorded message too. I think sort of was like, oh, you are young. Yeah, I know. But yeah. But you know what? It's okay. It is. Okay yeah, totally. Looking at the roster that she's sort of coming into. Yeah, again, we talked about this in the preview when we did sort of this history of Chicago drafts, you know, this season you're going to have players who've been with this team for, you know, four or five, six, you know, seasons or years with Chicago. So you have somebody like Tana Davidson, you know, coming through and you're like, oh yeah, you are definitely a young rookie yeah, on this team. But it's exciting to sort of see what she's going to do or sort of what she's going to bring to Chicago Red Stars just be. Because she is a center back, she is a defender. And Chicago, you know, not not just presently, but historically have sort of been this uh, kind of team that has, I don't want to say press prided themselves on defense, but they've definitely been a defensive minded team in the past as far as uh, some of the type of uh, soccer they've uh, played previously in previous seasons. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see sort of how she falls in line there and what that backline could sort of look like or how it shifts around in a world cup year because we all know that uh, you know Tina Davidson is a very very talented player and is likely headed to a you know possible world cup with the United States national team uh, so she could be in and out along with maybe a couple other players so it's going to be a, a fun year and i think you hit it you know right on the head when you said she took that leap of faith sort of i think knowing that she could land in chicago and there was a conference call that was actually set up with Tierna Davidson uh, during the draft that actually took place maybe around the third round of the draft or so. Mm-hmm. And a number of us were able to be on that call. And it was cool to sort of get her first impressions or reactions. And uh, took the I took the opportunity to sort of ask her uh, if she maybe feels any sense of familiarity at all with uh, Chicago just because she's been in camps with players like Alyssa Nair, you know, Julie Ertz, uh, you know, Casey Short. Now we can add on like, you know, Danny Colaprico in that aspect because she's been involved in a, in a couple camps. So, and she said right off the back that these were players, you know, that she felt connected to this team already because these were players that sort of gave her um, a sort of first person perspective of the team and the club and its culture. And I thought that that was, you know, pretty important just because of uh, the the draft that it was. And, and you know, uh, let's just Say a team like uh, Sky Blue, who's sort of facing um, their issues, you know, to hear a player say like that they're that that's something that attracted them or that they feel connected to already, I think is huge. Um, I, I think people sometimes underestimate the importance of, of club of a club culture, and um, I think that's cool that uh, Tina Davidson uh, went on record and sort of uh, talked a little bit about that. So I'm excited to to see. Tina Davidson um, and what she can do, and then as far as the second round, as we got the ball rolling, the the Red Stars, I believe they had the sixth pick in the second round, and they went ahead and they drafted a what I think could potentially be a winger for them in Maria Sanchez, mm-hmm. and that was a uh, lit. And Claire, I mean, as far as like the reaction to that, you were there. I'm gonna let you tell that story and how that went. <laughs> and what do you think about Maria <laughs> Sanchez getting drafted for the Chicago Red Stars? Uh, it, it
1: definitely was something where I think she was, she was on certainly our eye going in and um, yeah, I think a lot of Chicago, I mean, well, this is actually something that everybody said, all the teams said, um, was that a lot of players fell more than they expected, which I would agree with actually. I think a lot of players, I don't know, it all kind of worked out for people in weird ways but um definitely there were some teams who had more picks that I think maybe had very specific ideas about who they wanted which therefore meant that like the common knowledge players fell a little bit more um so someone like Maria Sanchez uh yeah I don't know how sh- I mean Chicago fucking lucked out dude but um
0: <laughs> I thought it was funny yeah. because you and I spoke pre- like on the previous episode we talked a lot about how, like, oh, you know, this draft is, it's maybe not the draft that people are thinking it's going to be compared to a year like 2020. Right. And how this draft is specifically defender-heavy. Like, we've heard that a lot this year. Right. We spoke about it a lot. And sure enough, the picks that were going were, like, defender-heavy type selections. They were heavy, like, defender selections. So I think, you know, to have somebody like Maria Sanchez sort of be one of those more just sort of attacking offensive type of players for that reason. I thought you maybe stuck out a little bit more for Mm -hmm. other teams on their draft board
1: or maybe the opposite. Maybe, um, maybe because the teams with more picks, uh, needed defenders so badly, maybe it just kind of worked out, you know, you know, like a team like Washington, um, they're obviously like, they aren't lacking necessarily for talent further up. They need defenders um but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Maria Sanchez is great. I I this is she's someone who I think probably is going to have moments this year where she looks amazing and years where she looks very green or, yeah. or games where she looks very green, I mean. Um and but I think her upside is huge. I think I mean, we taught, I mean, everybody talked a bunch about how she's got that left foot. Um and even she, she talked to you uh, for the piece that you put out for the NWSL. And she said uh, she loves assisting just as much as she loves scoring goals, which is like exactly what Chicago needs right now. So I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought that that was very, (laughs) I, I, it was just funny. Like the answer to the question. And uh, it was basically the question we were talking. It was more like a conversation, but we brought up the idea of, you know, like, when you're going into a draft, you know, coaches look for certain things and, like, certain skill sets and stuff like that. And so, like, maybe what was some of her attributes that, you know, she prides herself on and stuff like that. And I just love that her answer, her reaction to that is, like, I love assists. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, that's, that's great because it's, like, yeah. yeah, you should love assists, you know. And, um, yeah, yeah that, left, that left foot, so many people were, uh, were talking about it. And for people who weren't there, who didn't get sort of that uh, sideline view that you and I got, but, you know, I don't know if you remember, Claire, but, you know, during that round and in that moment specifically on that pick, uh, there was a lot of movement going on on that draft floor. There was. Uh, There were a couple of breaks. There was a timeout that happened. Two. There were some conversations going on. Mm -hmm. Um, People were talking to Mr. Rory Mm Daines. And uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. So there was a lot of things going on there. until finally the pick was uh, in. And the envelope was uh, handed off. So I thought it was a pretty cool moment. And uh, we got to see post-draft a reaction video about it because Maria Sanchez is one of those players who declared, but was unfortunately unable to um, attend the draft like so many other players. Um, But a mix of, you know, soccer community and perfect timing. She happened to be with some Santa Clara teammates and a reaction video was put out and it was really awesome. You just... Sort of got to see uh, the first reaction to her getting drafted and hearing her name call and all of the support that was around her was was really really cool and it really I think was another one of those moments that the NWSL can hang their hat on as far as the growth of the NWSL draft mm-hmm. seven seasons in man yeah. also you know what like <laughs> Maria Sanchez
1: her if, if if people don't know like her college story. It's oh, she's really—it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, she's, got, she's got a great one.
1: So she uh, went. She was at Idaho State, right? For yes.
0: for three years. Uh, yeah, sort of. Well, yeah, right,
1: right, 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 right. But she, so she was, she was at Idaho State, and um, she—it was something where it was a small program, and clearly, once she got there, everyone was like, "Oh my god." This, you're amazing yeah she's really <laughs> good she's professional level good and so she wipes the floor with the competition at a lower level and then she takes it on herself she's like if I'm gonna be this kind of a player I have to figure out something else so she transfers man she just makes a big jump she transfers to Santa Clara and then does one season with them um and there was actually some conflict I think between her and Idaho State, right? They
0: kind of yeah. they pushed I mean, back a bit on her. Yeah, yeah, NCAA there's like they have a yeah. lot of rules, right. you know. Yeah, and it's tough. We'll just blame it on the rules. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, it that part's not really important, but just like she is a player who um started at a very different level. I think maybe realized in college exactly what her potential was and just really went for it. And, uh, listen, Santa Clara, we've gotten some great red stars out of that
0: school. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, uh, there's a good history there yeah. with, with, uh, you know, Chicago and in Santa Clara, I believe. Um, I don't think this quote made it into a, our post draft reaction pieces, but when I was speaking with Rory post, like a post draft scrum, um, a few of us were asking a number of questions, and he mentioned, I think he referred to them as Jerry's kids, which is Jerry Smith, who's <laughs> yeah. the head coach. Yeah. He was the head coach of Santa Clara. And, you know, he mentioned, you know, that how Jerry's kids have been pretty good for us, kind of thing, and in, in regards to, to them being Red Stars. And, you know, it's there, I and mean, you have a very young player. Like Maria Sanchez, who also acknowledged that when I had that discussion with her and it's up on NWSL mm-hmm. side, she also mentions that how she knows the history of Santa Clara players going to the Red Stars yeah. or playing for the Red Stars, you know, someone uh, like Leslie Osborne who was there like at the beginning uh, to someone like Julie Ertz mm-hmm. and Sofia Huerta who had spent almost, you know, nearly, you know, what, three and a half years here and... exactly. And now maybe potentially here. So there's a big opportunity, I think, for this player ahead of her. And uh, it sounds like she's ready to put in the work. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, because of the World Cup year, that there could possibly be an opportunity for her to, you know, make a case for herself and sort of show that she's here to compete. Um, And I just think that going back-to-back for the Red Stars and getting a player like Tierna Davidson and then drafting a player like... Maria Sanchez I think is a really cool story in itself because you have these two players who are trying to take that next step in their professional soccer playing career and how they both have these ties to their national teams Mm that they both have like these different backgrounds as far as what they've had to do in order to pursue this dream of playing professional soccer and I think there's uh, something really kind of special about that so to have those two players sort of go back to back for the red stars I think is is really really cool. So, um, if you all out there are interested in, um, getting some more first reactions, um, about Maria Sanchez, I know Claire and I've talked a little bit about it already, but, um, I, I did a a feature piece on her for the NWSL, uh, Mothership and it's up on their site. So please go check it out. It's Um, really good. You should read it. Yeah. Thanks Claire. You're the best (laughs) hype woman ever. (laughs) Um, she talks a lot of cool stuff about Santa Clara about you know potentially you know making roster with the red stars and she even took the time to talk a little bit about um mexico and you know the disappointment in in not qualifying and what that meant to her so uh check it out um if you if you got time and uh, i'm sure you'll probably really enjoy the fact that they they drafted her and i i'm on a personal note i uh thought it was pretty cool that there's potentially going to be three mexican internationals on the chicago red stars um maybe there's people out there who sort of don't get or understand um, like the optics of that. Uh, but for somebody like me or maybe many others out there, uh, you know, with, you know, Mexican backgrounds, or even just like Latino backgrounds, uh, that that looks really kind of amazing. And uh, the idea that three of those players can possibly be like on one team, uh, I don't want people to sort of undermine the importance of the optics of that. Um representation matters it will always matter it will never not matter so I uh, was very very proud to be a Chicago Mexican on draft day and I still am today a week later in the snow so it's wild so <clears throat> in the later rounds things got real real Chicago Claire because it wouldn't be a Chicago yeah draft. gotta Chicago, snap up
1: those locals
0: gotta get those local kids so I'm just gonna go through these uh these picks really quickly they ended up uh, going ahead and taking Bianca St. Georges, they went with Kayla Sharples, uh, Hannah Davidson, April Bakken, and uh, Jenna Szczesny. And I'm saying it sort of like the Polish Chicago way. So if someone else wants to school me on how to actually say Szczesny, I'm going to say it as Szczesny, but we'll, we'll find out what's going on with that. But I thought that was kind of cool to see the Red Sox go ahead and snatch up um, a good player and you know, good players in uh, St. George's and April Bakken, I think was also one of these players that people were surprised that she sort of fell that low. And, you know, the local players in the uh, Sharples and Davidson and, and Chesney um, and it coming for a circle, it just felt like a very, very Chicago draft where they ended up coming away with two potentially great players who could possibly make an impact Uh, come uh, opening day and some potential depth there and they came away with some additional trades during the draft uh, for additional picks in the future so it just felt like a very very Chicago another successful Chicago draft day what do you think Claire
1: yeah I mean they all really seem like good kids man uh (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> They're all good red stars. Bro. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. They're all good red stars. Um, yeah, and like it, it also helps too. And, and, and I, I never want to assume what any draft pick, you know, wants to do. But um, I like Chicago's strategy even long term of picking people up who are from here. So there's no travel strain or long distance strain giving them a real shot to, you know, make the roster, even make like what the NWSL is calling, you know, the extra four, you know, practice players. And then even if those players end up in the WPSL, um, Chicago's an amazing, you know, it's an amazing place to live. It's a good job market. It gives them an opportunity to keep playing soccer at a high level um, with like a number of options to how that, manifests itself and I love that it's like an investment not only in um not only in them as players and what they can do for the top flight team but just in the soccer community here and so I think all of that is like super dope
0: yeah no same Uh, I love that you know in 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 rounds you know three and four is, is really when that sort of came into play so um for people who don't know you know, Kayla Sharples, and I believe it's Santa Davis who are from Northwestern. Genesis hmm uh, Loyola. Loyola. Yeah. Yep. You know. Uh, that's you great, it, man. I, I love that. Minnesota, so yeah. that's like Midwest connection, Big Ten yeah. connection. Not so. too far away. Yeah, no. So it was uh, pretty cool. And, and Kayla Sharples was really, uh, it was cool to talk to her in the sort of uh, draft scrum there. And she spoke a little bit about... Uh, you know, being having that connection already to Chicago and uh, being familiar with Rory Dames through ECNL clubs mm-hmm. and just club soccer, and she's just happy to like literally be home. Yeah. And so that was that was cool. So it's it's exciting. Uh, we've been speaking pretty positively um, about about this draft day because there is a lot of positives to take out of it. But with all that kind of stuff, she may maybe kind of looking ahead <laughs> as. Preseason is going to come mm-hmm. before we know it. You know, yeah. March is going to, you know, I'm hearing some things in March as far as like some preseason matches and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, I don't want to say negative. No, but, but like, but like both what, Rocky like. He <laughs> yeah. mentioned in the post-game scrum, talk yeah. about the champagne problem. So right. I know you've had a really cool recap, Claire, and it was sort of post-game, but I know you've maybe had some feelings about it since that recap, yeah. as far right. as what could this maybe sort of look like moving forward? Right.
1: Um, so here, here's my thing. And, and, and I want to say, I want to baseline this with, with, um, when Rory Dames says Tierna Davidson is too good of a player to pass up. I think he's right. She is. Um, she is a, she is a, um, baseline player the way that Julie Ertz was, where he saw her and he said, that is the cornerstone of my team for the next 10 years. And I think that Tierna Davidson is another player like that. Um, maybe for me, I mean, for me, uh, and then again, this, this gets a little bit, um, subjective, but I really hoped and I, and but also not because I think that the way that I feel is the way that Chicago also feels about their players, which is, I think, um, they don't like having to move anybody. The people that they invest in, they want to keep, they want to develop and they want to win with those players. I think what happened with the first pick of this draft will probably long-term necessitate moving somebody, which I hate, obviously, but I understand why they did it. Um, Right now, Chicago has three NWSL starting-level center backs. They've got Katie Naughton, they've got Tierna Davidson, and they've got Julie Ertz. You can move Julie Ertz back into the midfield – I personally think that Chicago plays better when she's a center back. Um, Do you put Julie Ertz back in the midfield and then move someone in the midfield? Or do you move someone in your center defense? And that's like the big Katie Naughton question, right? Um, Which... It is. It's champagne problems. It's like, oh God, unfortunately, we've developed this center back into a world class <laughs> talent and then also we just drafted another one and what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Yeah. But also it sucks because we love all our red stars and I hate moving people. but I think probably um, I don't think anything, I think obviously the whole big the big World Cup that's happening in the middle of the season means that there's obviously room for those three on this roster this year but also I want if if this plays out kind of the way that it could I want Katie Naughton to start. She's starting level. So um <laughs> but also maybe this will all work out and it'll be great. But that's that's the stuff that like puts a little bit of like a knot in my stomach when I when I look at this uh, this year's draft class.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we Look, y'all, I mean, if you've been listening and following along with us for as long as you have, you know how, how much uh, we think Katie Naughton kicks ass. Right. And uh, that there's if there's a player in this league other than Vanessa DiBernardo who does not have respect placed upon her name, mm-hmm. it's just probably Katie Naughton. And um, I think, again, uh, we got to also take a look at the season that's coming up, talk about how it's a World Cup year. There's some opportunities there. There's going to be a lot of players coming and going. And I think we also have to talk about the fact that the NWSL finally announced those expanded rosters that we heard about on right, the right, championship right. final in Portland. Yeah, they finally made it official and said that you know roster size is going to be expanded to twenty-two versus the twenty that was last year. And on top of having an expanded roster of twenty-two, that there's like this idea of like four sort of supplemental players question mm-hmm. mark. Um, so there's room. For you know, there's there's room at the table for everybody. To, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He, it's gonna just be interesting to see how it plays out. Like, exactly. Trying to say
1: the other thing I would say though too is that Katie Johnson fills a big need. I still, and so does Maria Sanchez, but it'll be interesting to see if Chicago moves for maybe one more piece up front.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting because you know I think when the new year happens, you know, we sort of look for those moves to be made. It's like, okay, here comes the new year. Contracts were maybe accepted or not accepted. Let's talk about moving players. And then you sort of see players moved or you see players announced, right? And then the draft day happens and then players are drafted in. And then like this sort of maybe not a real big lull, but maybe some additional movement starts happening and, you know, there's moves that are happening out of, you know, post-draft kind of stuff that lead up to you know the the preseason camp so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens especially because preseason is always fun for me because I love to see when the teams roll out with their preseason rosters and there's like 35 players on there like that stuff is always good to me. <laughs> yeah like, right like, <laughs> like, like okay yeah, sure everybody fine come through. yeah like show up it's like open tryouts like of course we're gonna have open tryouts yeah like who wouldn't want to have open tryouts? We're work? not fucking
1: stacked. It's fine. Yeah, we're not
0: stacked right. We should definitely continue to find <laughs> uh, that diamond in the rough. Somebody call Steph McCaffrey and find that hidden gem. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you
1: know what though? I meant what I said. I love it. I love any opportunity to let people and he, actually, but this is also something where Chicago is different from maybe some other cities that have NWSL teams. Like if you're living your life in like in your cool, like living your life in Chicago. Try out for the Red Stars. Why not? Play for the reserves. Like that's fucking dope. Make that be the thing that you do.
0: Yeah. And then turns just like out, live
1: your life, you know?
0: Turns out that that's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. For you if you come to Chicago. To theater. Chicago. Yeah. So I think people forget that Samantha Johnson, you know, mm-hmm. made her way into the NWSL because of an open call tryout with the Red Stars. Yeah. And she ended up being a staple on the back line for years here. Uh Christina Murillo ended up uh, getting a contract with the Chicago Red yeah. Stars. she was in Chicago, and she ended up going to an open tryout, um, and they liked what they saw to her, and they kept her around and stuff, and um, you know, so similar to, you know, Sam Johnson sort of became you know part of the team, and so it's gonna be just be sort of cool to see, uh, preseason preseason sort of take place and how that how that's going. Um, maybe we'll f- find out if you know, what players are still going to be around versus, you know, maybe if other players go look for other options, not that I'm implying anything, but I'm just speaking of the fact that like Summer Green was one of those players, um, you know, Summer Green's actually got a, you know, a new team in in Sweden now. So she's actually one of those players that that's out. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more uh, positives to take out of it. And uh, Oh yeah, it was awesome. champagne, Champagne is good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I think if uh, people are thirsty for some actual Red Star soccer, uh, that's coming up potentially in the form of U.S. national team games. Uh, uh, they're going to play France uh, tomorrow. You might not hear this till maybe Monday <laughs> or Tuesday. So that game will probably already happen. Uh, but they're going to be playing France, and they're going to be playing Spain. And uh, as so many of you already know, listener Julie Ertz, uh, Morgan Bryan, Casey Short, and Danny Colaprico, out there repping for the Red Stars, so we'll see what happens. I would love to see Danny Colaprico get some more time. What about you, Claire?
1: Yeah, that's a whole mess of Red Stars. Uh, yeah, I would love to see. I, I said this I said this before we started. Um, I'll get excited if Danny starts either of the games. Um, if she is still just kind of subbing in, mm, I don't think it's real, man. I don't think it's real, so... Yeah, I, I hope, I would love for Danny to get a start. I highly doubt she will against France. Uh, I really hope she makes, you know, she gets some time against Spain. But, um, yeah. I, the other thing I said is, like, I hope someone wins. I just want yeah. someone in the France game to win. Don't make it a draw. Everyone no feels draws. good about a draw. Yeah. Yeah. No
0: draws. Somebody wins. Somebody, somebody loses. Somebody yeah, exactly. Somebody makes somebody mad before the World Cup. I, wanna, mm-hmm. I want that to happen. Yep. It's going to be dope. I'm excited about it. So, uh, we're going to wrap things up. Welcome, everybody, to Chicago Red Stars, all the new draftees. Uh, Katie yeah. Johnson. Katie Johnson as well. Welcome to the Red Stars. So, uh, 2019 is uh, feeling kind of good right now. And, Claire, where can all the people find you and your good work? Uh,. Yeah, man, I feel like I've done a
1: lot of content this week. Um, so much. A lot. So, much stuff. Uh, so you can obviously find me at Hot Time in Old Town. Um, I wrote a piece about Sky Blue for Equalizer, which is, is behind great. the paywall, but if you don't subscribe, you know, there's a free trial. Check it out. Um, it's one of the few editorials, I think, that has even gone out about Sky Blue, so um, I was happy to do it, but yeah, what's going on there? Uh, And still, (laughs) right. Um, And uh, podcast. You can find me on the Equalizer podcast. Uh, The fun dumb cast came out this week. That was good. Um, And then you can find me on on Twitter at Scout Ripley, which is the name of my band.
0: I think that's everything. (laughs) Support your local Chicago band, Scout Ripley, (laughs) and apparently fun dumb for yeah. Straight the way you put that. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out, everybody. If you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you can do that at SendRita underscore. That's H E R R E R A underscore. If you want to continue to listen to and support Southside Trap Podcast, you can do that at Podbean. And you can also find us on iTunes at Southside Trap Pod. You can leave us a little message saying that you like us. Leave us a rating. We appreciate that. We read that stuff. They're all very sweet. All five of you have done it. It's great. And if you want to follow us on Twitter and let us know what you think about the show, you could do that at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. Southside Trap Pod. Everybody, stay warm. Don't go out and drive.